Hey, this is Travis Bennett, the pastor here at Arena of Life Church, and I just want to welcome you to our podcast. I pray this builds your faith, encourages you, and brings you to newer levels in Christ. Enjoy the message. In the first week, I talked about why he's coming back, because he wants to spend time with us. In fact, I want to read it one more time. This has been kind of the the go-to scripture in all of this, and I'm going to preach this message today and then next week. And hopefully you get your hearts right that Jesus is coming back. But I talked about the why, and this is why. He said, don't let your hearts be troubled. This is John chapter 14 and verse 1. He said, don't let your hearts be troubled. And can I tell you the same thing this morning? Jesus would tell you the same words as he told them that day. Don't let your hearts be troubled. No matter what's going on in CNN, constant negative news, no no matter what's happening in Fox, no matter what's happening in the world, can I tell you, don't let your hearts be troubled. He said, believe in God and trust in him. Believe also in me and my father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would not have told you because ahead of us. Isn't it amazing when he told Peter, I love that story in in John where, or in the book of Mark chapter 16, he said, you tell the disciples and you especially tell Peter that I've gone ahead of them into Galilee. Well, if you know the story of Peter that had betrayed him three times, he told him he would, and Peter said, no, I won't, and he did it anyway, but he still told him, hey, Peter, I love you. Even though you got caught up in humanity, the divinity is this, I'm going ahead of you into Galilee. Aren't you thankful for the Lord that he goes ahead of us? Amen? And so he goes to prepare a place for us, and then verse 3, he said, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back again. So... Pastor, do you believe Jesus is coming back? Yes, because he told me. Is this very simple? How many of y'all know this is the word of God? Jesus said, I will come again and I will take you to myself. Why is he coming back? Because he longs to spend time with his children. I still believe that the Lord loves spending time with me. How many of y'all believe that? The Lord still loves spending time with you. Even all the times you've messed up, you've you've screwed up, you've done things that you wish you wouldn't have said or done and been in the wrong place at the wrong time, Uh, uh, the Lord wants to spend time with you. And that's why he wants to come back. He says, "So, so that where I am, there you may be also. Then I talked about the what, what it looks like. If you were here in week two, I talked about Revelation. I went through the whole book of Revelation like a madman. And I tried to put the cookies on the bottom shelf of all the things that are happening. The church age of where we're living today. I talked about the rapture of the church, the tribulation, then the second coming of Christ. When he comes back uh, for those that gave their life to the Lord during, during the time of the tribulation. And it, uh, the marriage supper, the lamb, the eternal judgments. I talked about all those. And then last week we went to Matthew 24. Now before I get started... I, I just want you to be this, okay? There, I believe in everything. There's ditches that we can fall in. How many of y'all know you can fall into a ditch in politics? You can fall into a ditch of raising kids. All of it. You can fall into ditches in your marriage. And there's a right ditch and there's a left ditch, I believe, in talking about the coming back of Christ. And I was thinking about it this week. Don't be in the left ditch that Peter talks about, that you are a mocker that Jesus is coming back. Can I tell you, it'd be very easy for me being raised in the church to be in this ditch. Every year, Jesus was coming back. I said it last week. Uh, There was a guy that wrote a book, 88 Reasons Jesus is Coming Back in 88. And then in 89, he wrote a book, 89 Reasons He Didn't Come Back in 88. Listen. You can get into, uh, fall into this ditch to where, well, I guess he's not coming back because he didn't come back in 88. He didn't come back 
during the Aztec calendar, and he didn't come back during Shemitah, and he didn't come back during Y2K. And so you fall in this ditch where, well, it's, it's all a lie, it's hocus pocus, it's garbage, right? Where your heart grows cold. But then you can also be in this ditch over here where a guy called me this week, and he said, I've been overworking on a horse, and he calls me, and he says, hey, uh, preacher, I need you to tell me something. I have a neighbor that ranches next to me, and he believes that the Feast of Jubilee happened this last Sunday. And I said, I believe that too. And he said, tell me what that means. And if you were here last week, I talked about the Feast of Jubilee, what, what happens. It's 10 days of awe. It's the restart of a civil year in the, in the Jewish calendar, all right? And they blow the shofar, and, it's in, and it also represents, in the Old Testament, was as they went from living in tents to living in their permanent residence inside of Israel. But today, it will mean that we go from our temporary place on earth to our permanent residence in heaven. And prophetically, it's the return of Christ is what it is. But also, Jesus said this, no one knows the day or the hour. Amen? No one knows the day or the hour. And so this guy, they've put themselves up up until this this coming Wednesday, because it started on Sunday, and for 10 days, the whole family is shut in the house waiting for Jesus to come back. Can I tell you, the biggest lie or ditch that you can be in is so caught up on the coming of Christ that you quit serving, that you quit giving, that you quit building the kingdom of God. How many of y'all know we need to keep doing these things so Jesus comes back, right? And, and I want to tell him in Matthew 24, he said there'll be, one, there'll be two people in the field and one will go and one will stay. That means that Christians were inside the field working. How many of y'all know we got to go, still, even though Jesus is coming back, we got to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Amen? Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's the great commission for our lives. And so, but I just want to reiterate, the whole world has gone crazy. How many of y'all believe that? The whole world has gone crazy. What, there's times where I think to myself, listening to the news or even talking to some, some people, what are they thinking? They believe things that don't even match reality today. Amen? If you didn't know that, I'm telling you, it's the truth. But the Bible prophesies this. And last week, I gave you the urgency in your heart. And, and this is the big one. Matthew 24. Remember... Again, if you didn't listen to last week, I pointed something out in Matthew 24 that he proved to them that he was telling the truth. But they said, what is the sign of your coming? And he said this in verse 4, Matthew 24 and verse 4 in the Amplified. It says, be careful that no one misleads you. He says in the King James, take heed that no one deceives you. Can I tell you the number one thing that Jesus is coming back is worldwide deception. People have been deceived. This is what Jesus is saying. He says, take heed. He is, he is alarming. He is blowing the trumpet. He said, above all the other things that I'm about to mention, and a lot of people are taking, taking a, a look at wars and rumors of wars and, and widespread uh, or, or signs in the heavens and economic instability and what else is in here? Warring political system, famines, wars, persecution, pestilence, commotions, ethnic conflicts, imprisonment of believers, emergence of false prophets, love of many waxing cold, fearful sights, unknown diseases, rumors of wars. We pay attention to those things, but Jesus said this first and foremost. This is going to be the sign that you will know. I mean, blow the alarm. Christians, wake up. There'll be worldwide deception. People will be deceived. 
People will fall into ditches and start believing things that their grandpappy's pappy's pappy would roll over in their grave about. He also says it too. I love the way it says it in Mark 13 and verse 5 in the Passion Translation. He answered them, at that time, deception will run rampant. So beware that you are not fooled. You know what I'm trying to do? I'm not trying to scare. I'm trying to prepare. We as believers need to be wise and not foolish. We need to be prepared for this. He says it this way in Luke 21, 8. I love it in the King James. He said, take heed that you not be deceived. I'm just trying to sound the alarm that all of these things are important of what he says would be the um, birth pains of Jesus' return. But the number one thing is this, that you have got to pay attention to. Don't let your kids talk you into some garbage belief just because they believe it. And you want to love them. No, you love them and you speak the truth in love. Amen? Just because you have a family member that you cherish and you love and they've fallen into this particular pit doesn't mean that you stop your moral behavior and the conviction that God gave you through the word of God. Don't do that. How you love them is you correct them. Amen? Amen? With grace and truth. And I'll reiterate this again. Truth without grace is mean, but grace without truth is meaningless. Uh, Proverbs tells us this. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. I believe if you serve the Lord, the Spirit of God lives on the inside of you. And you can present the gospel in a loving way, but you stand firm to what the Word of God has to say. So, uh, going on this, because I think it's very important... Timothy talks about this, and this is where, uh, just looking at some signs, and we talked about last week of worldwide deception, of where we live in an identity crisis today. In fact, I was at a minister's conference this last week, and most of the ministers that were there were talking about, it's so important that we, we gosh, train up children in the way that we should go. We've got to take, we, we have to uh, alarm Work, how many of y'all know our youth department is so important? Our children's department is so important because they're getting them at a young age to believe this nonsense. To believe evolution. It makes no sense. Moving on. But we, we, we've got to take heed that, uh, that we don't fall into this pit. And there's something I really believe you'll, you'll get something out of this today. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 3, he said, Let no one in any way deceive or entrap you. He's talking about the end of Christ. In fact, at verse 1, it says, Now in regard to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, our gathering together to meet him, we ask you, brothers and sisters, not to be quickly unsettled or alarmed, either by spirit or message or a letter from us, to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Then in verse 3, let no one in any way deceive or entrap you, for that day will not come unless the apostasy comes first. King James says it like this. What is an apostasy? It's a falling away. This falling away in the Greek means falling away or revolt. It describes a political revolt, meaning that they're not even going in the same direction of the way that they used to go. Now, if you have your Bibles, I think you have them open them up to 1 Timothy chapter 4, and we're really going to get into the meat of the word today. Are you ready? 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1, it says, But the Holy Spirit explicitly and unmistakably declares that in latter times some will turn away from the faith, paying attention instead to deceitful and seductive spirits and doctrines of demons, misled by the hypocrisy of liars, whose conscience are seared as with a branding iron, 
who forbid marriage and advocate abstaining from foods which God has created to be gratefully shared by those who believe and have knowledge of the truth. So in this particular text right here, again, I want to talk about how people have veered from the faith and how, how, first of all, I want to say this. It said some will turn from the faith, but not all of them. Can we make a decision today as the body of Christ to say we're not going to be part of the sum that walks away from the faith? Come on, can we make a decision today to say that we're going to stand true to the word of God? And now we're not going to be lead, uh, led by these doctrines of devils is what the Bible... This is, how many of y'all know this is strong text right here? So Timothy, the young pastor at Ephesus, Paul is writing to him. And it's very important that you understand this because I believe this is shocking to Timothy because he was already dealing with some demonic activity, if you know anything about the church at, uh, in Ephesians. In fact, you read the book of... Um, of Ephesians. Paul writes to him, first three chapters are talking about theology. Last three talk about practical, living in the, uh, and abiding in the word of God and being that Christian that God has called us to be, the way we walk, the way we talk. And at the end, it talks about uh, the spiritual warfare of, of the things that we put on our life. But this scripture right here in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1 says, if you think it's bad now, you just wait to the end of the church age. And what he's doing is pointing his fingers 2,000 years into the future, where we are today. How many of y'all believe we're in the ninth month? How many of y'all know we're in the birth pains of the coming of Christ? And he, it's very important that you understand this when he said, speaketh expressly. In the Greek, I looked this up, and it means unmistakably, it's vividly, it's unquestionable, it's sure and it's true. So he's saying this, indefinitely, it will come to pass. Pastor, you believe Jesus is coming back? Yes. How many of y'all believe Jesus is coming back for the church? Amen. He said, now the Spirit speaks in unmistakable terms. I'm not just making this up. Like one preacher said, I'm telling the truth right now. I'm not just preaching. All right? I'm telling the truth right now. Um, He says, speaketh expressly. So it's vividly, it's unquestionable that in latter times, this is more of a teaching this morning. I might preach here in a little bit, but... That in latter times, everybody say latter times. That word latter means this. It pictures the ultimate end, the very last of something. So he's not talking about the end of his time being inside of that church or the end of the age that he's living in. He's talking about the end, the very end, 2,000 years from, from, from where he wrote this down. Times is a season. So he's saying the very last season, it's the end of the church age. So he's saying there's going to be spirits of delusions that will be released into the earth. How many of y'all know we have a spirit of delusion in the earth today? You know, just going back to it last week, I was talking about furries and I was talking about homosexuality and the, and, and the identity crisis of boys wanting to be girls and girls wanting to be boys. It makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. But because of that delusion, it's crept into people's hearts and minds into big places to where boys can go into girls' bathrooms and girls can go into boys. How many of y'all know that is sick, twisted, and wrong? How many of y'all know it's sick, twisted, and wrong when a boy puts on a girl's bathing suit and wins a college final? How many of y'all know that's sick? And I don't care where you come from. Boys shouldn't compete with girls and girls shouldn't compete with boys. We're built completely different. It is not the same. But people 
have been diluted. I'm telling you, we've been at volleyball tournaments before where we've seen, we've seen parents because of a boy that they had that wanted to, I'm telling you, because of that, that particular son not going into the gifting that he had, parents got led by this delusion by him to start accepting these behaviors. I'm telling you, you need to have the mentality over my dead body. I do not care if it's my grandkid, but I'm going to love them and correct them and speak the truth in love. Are you hearing me this morning? And I'm not doing this in hate. Look at this word depart. It says this, to step away from, to withdraw from, or to shrink away from. It is from this very Greek word that we derive the word apostate or apostasy. So what he's saying is this. In this, this is so interesting to me. It's not like they were believing one way and they went this way. It's a very slow over a period of time that people depart from the faith. Can I tell you, in my walk with Christ, there's been times, there's been a slow morally drift away from the way I was raised. I'm just being honest with you this morning. How many of y'all know if you was to fly from here to Houston and you got off one degree, you'd end up in the ocean. If you just get off one degree from Amarillo, Texas, you would end up in a place that you don't want to be. Can I tell you, it's the same way in your walk with Christ. I'm not saying the only one who is perfect is Jesus, but if we get off one degree, then you get two. Then you get comfortable with two, you go to three. You get comfortable with three, you go to four. I don't know if you've ever, just, I'm thinking of examples right now about the church, how we slowly over time came to a place of apostate, but where it is today in the church is, I mean, stuff that, that, that men are preaching behind pulpits. Me, pastor, and another pastor here in town, we were talking about this. Used to, years ago, people would come to a church because of the word that was preached. Can I tell you, that don't make people stick no more. You might be saying, oh, pastor, we love you. Well, I'm glad you do, but there's a lot of people that don't. Because you can get on YouTube and hear a great message. But what's care- what you have to be careful about that is hearing the garbage that's being preached. That fits your life. You need to have this mold your life, not your life mold to this. Amen. Are you seeing what I'm saying? And so uh, just, just thinking about this very slow over a, a period of time, uh, this, this word means that people could be departing so slow that people don't even realize it. Think about that. You know, me and Brent, I was asking Pastor Brandy this morning, uh, we were getting ready, and I, I was telling her some examples that the Lord was showing me that, that Timothy is talking to us as believers, that you don't be these. You know, when, when I was a kid, you know, it, there's an excuse to miss church all the time. We never miss church. Guy, you remember those days? I mean, like, it could, it's no two feet. We'd, we'd get there somewhere, some, somehow, right? There, there's, there, we, we never miss it. And I, I think about it like um, our son Anson, he's on a club soccer team this year. And uh, they had a mess up in the schedule. And the lady who's over all of it, she said, she said, hey, I got some exciting news. We have our first game this weekend. I said, oh, great. When is it? She said, Sunday morning at 9. I said, that's terrible news. She goes, well, we're all excited. I said, but that's hard on a Christian. <laughs> Can I just be honest with y'all? So what we did, we didn't go. We sent pastors Ty and Luann. <laughs> 
uh, when we did it on the Feast of Trumpets. So if Jesus came back, they'd be at the soccer field, and we wouldn't. I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I don't care what you say. But how I many y'all know? I mean, and she goes, oh, she goes, well, I haven't been to church since COVID. Can we all just agree? COVID's over. Come on, there's always going to be an excuse not to be in the house of God. But I want to tell you, forsake not the assembling of saints together. Now I realize there is things that are going on. But I'm telling you, just like I said this morning, that's for somebody. As the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longeth after you. And I'm telling you, your soul needs to be in the house of the Lord. It needs to be in here being encouraged by other believers and building up the faith and all those things. Amen? Isn't it amazing? I was just thinking about this, how we slowly drifted. I mean, when I was a kid, Halloween was out of the question. Totally out of the question. And here was the whole reason behind that. What does the Bible say in Revelation chapter 21 and verse 8? He talks about liars. He talks about drunkards. He talks about sorcerers will find themselves in the lake of fire. What is sorcery? It's witchcraft. Why would you want your kids to even play with witchcraft? Well, it's just fun. I mean, I just think it's so cute to have a witch in the yard mixing up all of its goodies. No, that's witchcraft. Some of y'all are looking at me like, he's crazy. He's really crazy. But we don't celebrate Halloween at my home. We, we don't. There might be a time, but this is trying to open eyes to believers this morning of, of hey, listen, that could be an apostasy that gets us one degree off, then to two degrees off, and then to three degrees off. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Uh, uh, just, I mean, here, I'm going to go ahead and go here. And this is a gray area. Pastor, show me this in the Bible. Drinking. The Bible says this in Ephesians chapter 4. It says, don't give one place to the enemy. Now, I have not seen anything good happen from drinks. We'll be with other believers and they'll say, I'm sure when you and Pastor Brandy are off and having a good time, uh, I'm sure y'all have a few drinks together. No, we don't. Yes, Diet Cokes. You're like, well, that's bad too because of the sugar. Okay, be judgmental, whatever, all right? Listen, we don't play with fire. Can I tell you Christians play with fire today all the time? I remember when I was in high school, I was smart enough to see this guy. I remember he got delivered from pornography. He brought all this stuff up there, and I was like, ah! brought it up to the altar. But how many of y'all know this would be out of place? Get rid of some stuff. Amen? Bring your junk drawer up here and leave the junk here. All right? And then he comes back with his crazy, the Lord told me that I'm supposed to go to these uh, nudie places, and I'm supposed to um, um, witness to every, inside of there to all those people. I think he got kicked by a mule. How many of y'all know we're not going to open the door to the enemy? I'm going to say that again. We're not going to have, we are, we're going to, what does the Bible say? Flee from the presence of evil. Come on, body of Christ. He's talking to us right here. He is saying you're going to gradually, step by step, almost unnoticeable, there's going to be a change of position. And I just want you in your heart before I go any further. I want you to question your life. There may have been a time where you served the Lord with all zeal. You watch what you watch. You watch what you say. You watch what you did. But over time, there's been an apostasy where you have fallen away from the conviction of what you once had. I'm telling you, we got to get it back because Jesus is coming back. The faith. 
He's not talking about, he said in, in the King James, he said, speaketh expressly that in latter times some shall depart from the faith. This is not a faith for miracles. This is not a faith for finances, even though God, the word talks about that. It's a doctrine to hold. It's a doctrine um, that you've held on to. It's the time-tested teachings of the word of God. Can I tell you what I believe the faith is just real quick? In Romans chapter 5 and verse 12, this is the first thing. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, so death spread to all the people because they all sinned. Can we all agree that we're born a sinner? Can, we say, can I say that again? Those of you that have toddlers, you'll agree with me that rebellion is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction will take it far from him. You don't have to teach your kids how to be manipulators. They're born that way. We are born sinners. As this scripture says, that it was in the heart of man. It entered into the world. So sin is not what you do, but it is who you are. Would you agree with that? Sin is what you do just like a fish knows how to swim. When you come out of the womb, you know how to sin. So a person sins and, and, and is, has proclivity to sin because he or she is born a sinner with sin nature. Here's the second thing. According to, to uh, Psalm 58, these are just a few things that I think the faith is. Psalm 58 and verse 3 says, We immediately go astray or begin sinning the moment we're born. Psalm 58, 3 says, The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they are born, speaking lies. Sin is not taught to us. It's our nature. Would you agree with that? Here's the third thing, according to Romans 3, 23, that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The fourth thing is this, Exodus 34, 7 says that every human being is guilty and God will not clear the guilty. It, number five is this, Jesus died to pay for the removal of your sin. How many of y'all thankful that Jesus died, he was buried, and on the third day he rose again? He paid for the removal of your sin. But you have to, number six, you have to repent of that sin. And number seven, what happens through the blood of Christ, we receive forgiveness when we repent of our sins. How many of y'all know this is the gospel? Romans 1.16, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. And number eight is this, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to take up residence within us and give us a new nature. And because of that, 2 Corinthians 5.17, we are a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away, behold, everything has become brand new. Can we just all agree that we have to repent of sins? And if it wasn't for Jesus, we'd still have sin on our life. But because of the ultimate price of Jesus, that is the faith that we hold on to, that we are forgiven of, his, of our sins. Come on, give the Lord praise for that this morning. You ought to praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him, because he's good. And what he did for us. And can I tell you this? Luke 18 and verse 8. Jesus said this. When the son of man returns, will he find faith on the earth? And can we make a commitment? What I'm trying to do this morning, like I said, I'm not to scare. I'm to prepare. And I'm trying to prepare God's people. If you've drawn back from that faith that you once had, let's get it back. And let's come back to a place where we're excited about the Lord. We're excited to be in his presence. We're excited for what he's doing in our lives. They will depart. Just a little bit more here. He said, giving, giving heed to seducing spirits. Giving heed means to embrace or lean towards something. It means they believe something for a long time, but now they are leaning in a different direction. I don't know about you, but if I'm leaning in a different direction because of the influence in my life, I'm ready to lean back towards the Lord. 
What's the influence of this? He tells them seducing spirits. Seducing, this word means deception or a moral wandering. A person that has veered from a solid path. It's like a lost animal that can't find its path to wander off course morally. You know what Isaiah said in chapter 5? He said in the last days, people will call evil good, and good will be called evil. It describes a day when people will become morally drifting. Can I tell you, even in the church today, people are morally drifting. I mean, there's so many things. I mean, just a couple of months ago, a guy that's very big on YouTube comes out and says, I want you to throw everything that I ever said about tithing away. This is a guy that drives Rolls Royces and wears $10,000 suits. Well, throw all that stuff away because I promise you it's tithing, but put that in your pocket. And it's not even about that. I don't want to think about the flesh side of that. I want to think, I never want you to think that I want you to tithe for me. You tithe for you. How many of y'all can just lift your hand and say, because I tithe for me, and the word of God says it, it's blessed me over abundantly. I will lift up more than two hands. God has blessed my family. He's opened doors for my life. This word doctrines means well-packaged teachings that is applicable to lifestyle. Can I tell you, we have, there is some stuff on YouTube, again, that you can watch today. It's well-packaged. And it makes sense in your mind when you hear it, but it's contrary to the Word of God. I mean, you know the Word of God. This is what you need to go. No, the Word of God, Ephesians, or Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 says, For the Word of God is quick, and it's powerful, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. I mean, you all know a sword will hurt when it touches you. I refuse to be in a place where it tickles my ears. I want to be in a place where the sword is preached and it cuts the garbage off my life that I don't need. That I've picked up from social media. That I've picked up from the neighbor. That I've picked up from people that if I'm not careful and don't cut it off, I will veer off and end up someplace that I'm not supposed to be. He's saying when the error is presented, it will sound logical the error will, will appeal to the flesh. People will think that it's possibility that, I, that it's something that I should consider. So Paul says, make no mistake. Behind all of this is an activity of devils. How many of y'all know this is strong teaching right here? Devils is evil spirits, demons, devils. The ancient world generally believed demons thickly populated the lower regions of the air and the spirits were primary cause of disaster, sufferings, and actions of insanity. How many of y'all know there is things that are happening in the earth today, just like right now as we speak, that it's been amped up even more over the last couple of years. It seems like we've become numb to them, but there is, a, there is demonic activity in the earth. How many of y'all know there's demonic activity in our schools? As much as we hate to say it, CRT, it's demonic. It's, it's devil to the core. There's demonic activity in media. Uh, Pastor Brandy, help me out. There was just in this last year, um, there's been some shows, but there was a concert where people died. Yeah. People are being bold about the satanic worship that's happening. If if y'all don't think there's demonic activity, 
in, in the White House? You've lost your mind. In the Capitol building, Washington, D.C., there, there, is, there is doctrines of devils in the earth today. But this, uh, they're becoming more and more bold about it. This guy has a concert, and it was the, all the symbolisms of satanic worship. And people actually died at the concert. But can I tell you what demonic worship is? It's people dying, people's blood being poured out. Listen, if you're watching anything that is messing with people waking the dead, that's sorcery. Turn it off. Well, it's, oh, it's, I'm very, it's very innocent. One degree leads to two degrees. That pothead used to just smoke pot. Now he can't get off of meth. I'm just here to tell you. We can point our fingers at them all, they want, all we want to because of moral decisions. I'm telling you, it can happen in your heart spiritually as well. It says... I, I believe there's, there's devils today. I hate to even say it, but there's devils in religion. There's demonic activity that's happening in families. There's demonic activity that's happening in, in arts and entertainment and business. What he's saying is this. That's right, go ahead. This is going to be well-packaged nonsense that if I don't prepare you today, you'll fall for all of it. You know what I'm here to do? I'm here to blow the horn. <laughs> I'm here to blow the horn. And can I tell you, there's things, Pastor Brandy and my, my, myself, we've, there was this, there's been some shows that we've watched and people have told us about how it got into some, I, I'm telling you, we're not going to have it in our home. We're not going to play it. We're not going to do it. Parents, you got to be careful. The other day, Anson on his club soccer team, one of the things that they had to do was they, they, had, to, they, they had this app, but it directed them to YouTube how to use it. And we were watching this YouTube, and this commercial comes up, and I'm sure it was targeting. It says, he, he talks, hey, you could tell that he was talking to a younger crowd. And I'm watching this with my boy. He said, would you like to take the gay test? Just click on this link below to see if you're gay. Hammer! You know why I got kids think they're gay? Because it's all over the place. It's everywhere. I don't don't have to show you mathematics to show you percentages. When percentages are up, that's what people are going to do. I'm telling you, it's worldwide deception. It's deception. I talked about how it's in the earth, but this week I talked about how it's in the church. But let's make a conscious decision, body of Christ, that we're not going to veer off course. Well, pastor, what do we do? Can I tell you real quick? Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. We can go ahead and stand to our feet if you want to. I'll declare this over you. Paul, again here, he is addressing the church at Philippi, and he's talking about the coming of Christ. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. Even though we've heard what's going on in the earth today, even though we know what's going on in the, world, in, in, in the church today, 
Can we all just make a conscious decision as well to not only stick to the faith, but we are going to rejoice until the coming of the Lord. We're going to not let the world bring us down. We're going to bring up the world because of the word on the inside of us. Amen. Who's with me? Am I going to be the only one who's excited to do that? He said, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit, your gracious and unselfish mercy, tolerance and patience be known to all people. The Lord is near. He's saying, hey, this is at the time when Christ is coming back. I need you to pay attention to this. He says, during that time, don't be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything. Everybody say everything. That's todo. That's all. That's all things. By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, continue to make your requests known to God. How many of y'all believe that's still true today? 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and repent of their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. How many of y'all know our nation needs healing today? And we need to be in prayer. We need to seek the Lord. And it says, in the peace of God, which surpasses, transcends all understanding, stands guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Remember, again, he's talking at the end of the age, the Lord is near. He's saying you're going to have to have the peace of God. You're going to have to stay in prayer. You don't be anxious about anything, but by everything, by prayer and supplication, make your requests be made known to God. And then in verse 8, he said, finally, believers, can we all make this commitment together? Pastor, what do I do? What do I do? This is what we do. We're going to, whatever is true, I'm going to think on it. Whatever is honorable, I'm going to think on it. Hey, let's do it like this. I'm going to post. My Instagram is going to be full of things of what is true, is what is honorable, is worthy of respect. Whatever is right and confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely, brings peace, whatever is admirable and of good repute. If there is any excellence, these things which you have learned and received and heard and seen of me, practice these things in daily life and the God of peace, well-being will be with you. Can we make the decision? Go back to verse 8. Go back to verse 8. Oh, right there. Let's think on these things. Pastor, what do we do at the end of the age? I'm just going to tell you what Paul said in Philippians. Let's think on things that are true. Let's think on things that are honorable. Let's think on things that are worthy of respect. Let's think on things that are whatever is right. Let's approve it by the word of God. Let's think on things that are pure, that are wholesome. I'm telling you, it's so easy to veer off the path. And if we're being honest with ourselves this morning, with every head bowed and with every eye closed, if you're in here and you say, you know what, I don't hold to the same conviction I did when I first served, started serving God. There's many of you in here, you raised your kids a certain way that you, even yourself, have veered off. Even if it's one degree. I came this morning to sound the alarm. That up until the coming of Christ, we are going to stay true to what the Word of God says. We're going to believe with all of our heart. We're going to think on things that are true and noble and of a good report. Because Christ is coming soon. So if you're in this room, if you're being honest, you say, you know what? I veered off from the path. I have slowly departed so much that this morning I didn't even see it until, Pastor, you started revealing it. 
And I just want to tell you, it's, it's not me. It's the Spirit of God. Still with every head bowed, with every head closed. I, I, somebody told me a story last night. They told me they stopped coming to the church because they felt like so-and-so had told me a story about them and I preached on it the very next day. That's the Spirit of God. <laughs> That's not me. That's the Spirit of God. They didn't tell me nothing. You're hearing, you're saying, you know what? The Spirit, is, the Spirit expressly says that in the latter days, many will depart from the faith. I'm not going to be a part of the many. But if you're in here and you say, you know what, I'll beard off just even 1%. Just raise your hand. Be honest with the Lord. Amen. Be honest with the Lord. Say, you know what, I've given in because I love so-and-so. And he talked me into thinking and believing this particular way. I saw many hands go up. God, I pray for strength in my brothers and sisters right now. Strength in my brothers and sisters right now in Jesus' name. God, I pray that they would think on things that are true. All of us in this room think on things that are true and noble and of a good report. Lord, forgive us of not keeping you out in front of us. We choose to follow after you right now in Jesus' name. Y'all be here next week. It'll be the last one. Book of Acts says this. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. You know what our heart's desire is as leadership of this church? Revival. 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 How many of y'all believe in for loved ones to come to the Lord? Amen. He said, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit. We need to prepare our hearts. We need it. We need a long for a move of God right now, today. Amen? Amen. Thanks for joining us. We want to thank all of you who give to our ministries here at AOL Church. It's because of you that all of this is possible. You can give now by clicking the link below. And if you haven't already, subscribe and share this message. It helps us reach more people and share the gospel through you. Be sure to stay connected to us through our Church Center app, our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and follow us on social media like Facebook and Instagram. May the Lord bless you and keep you. His face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. Thanks again for listening. Go and make a difference today.